Blog Talk Radio. Can we can we try it here? Let's try it here. One, two, three. Meaning Jesus the Word 
person live with and to man how to establish an intimate relationship with God through words, through prayer, and through worship. Well, it is so good to be back on the air with you. I have been on a little hiatus. I've been doing some different things and just uh, laying before the Lord, getting some direction from God and back on the air, and I've got some other wonderful things that the Spirit of the Lord is uh, telling me to do, and so I want to share some of those things with you on tonight. It brings me great joy to come before you tonight here on blogtalkradio.com and to share a word from God with you. Now, after the broadcast tonight, if you if you have enjoyed this message uh, on this evening, I would ask that you would go to our main page and just click follow. And this lets us know that you are being blessed and that you are really enjoying our broadcast. And then I want to say thank you to all who have been following the broadcast. Even when I was off the air, you've been going on and you've been listening to the archive show. I want to say Thank you for your encouraging words and for your support. Just want want you to know that I love you all and thank you all so dearly. Uh, We have a page on Facebook called The Word from God. Click the like button to show us that you do like our page. And if you would like to get in contact with us, you can also email us at awordfromgod3 at aol.com. That's awordfromgod3 at AOL.com, and tell us how much you have enjoyed the broadcast. Now I've got some exciting news, some things that I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to do. On August 5th of, of this year, I will begin teaching via webinar uh, on a computer. Uh, I'm going to be teaching about the end times. Now this is the assignment that God has given me telling me that it is time for the church to wake up and begin to prepare for the coming of the Lord. John 14, 1 and 3 says that he goes to prepare a place for us that where, we, that where he is, we will be also. And then in Acts 1 and 11 it says, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall shall so come in like manner also if you have seen him go into heaven. The same way that Jesus left this earth, he will return, and that will be what's known as the rapture, not the second coming, but the rapture. Second Timothy 4, 6, and 8, uh, and this is Paul speaking of his death. But look at verse 8, and it says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. This means we are to be anxiously anxiously awaiting for the appearing or the appearance of Christ Jesus to return for his bride, which is us. Are you are you really anxiously waiting for the appearing, the appearance 
of Christ? Are you getting yourself together? Are you moving things into place so that you will be ready, not like uh, the five foolish virgins, but you'll be like the five wise ones, and that you will be ready for the bridegroom's return? And and then it says in uh, Revelation 16 and 15, and this is from the Message Bible, Keep watch, I come unannounced like a thief. You're blessed if awake and dressed and ready for me, but too bad if you're found running through the streets naked and ashamed. If you are prepared and dressed, you're going up in the rapture. Those who are left will suffer will suffer tribulation, and then they will go through the great white throne judgment. And uh, this means that everything that you've done as the saints of God, we will go through the Bema Seat Judgment where we will be rewarded by Christ. But those who are unsaved, those who have not uh, walked the way that God would have them to walk, uh, you will go through that great white throne judgment, and that is the judgment where we are sent to or where they will be sent to uh, the lake of fire and brimstone. So I'm going to be teaching uh, about the end times, the rapture, the Bema Seat judgment, the marriage of the lamb, the bowls and the judgments and the trumpets. And I'm going to be teaching about the Antichrist. And and I'm going to be teaching about um, uh, uh, the great tribulation, the false prophet, uh, the three and a half years of of of, of Good times are so in the tribulation, not real good times, but it won't be as bad as the three and a half. And they'll be talking uh, the three and a half last year. So we're going to be talking about quite a bit. So if you would like to be a part of this exciting end-time teaching, please email me at a wordfromgod3 at aol.com. Again, that is a wordfromgod3 at AOL.com, and I'm, what I'm asking you to do is to um, leave me your email address because uh, in order for you to attend these uh, sessions or to attend these classes uh, via the computer, or you can also listen by phone, you have to be invited to the class, and there are instructions that you need to uh, follow. So I'm going to ask you to tell your family, tell your friends, your coworkers, all about this webinar event. And this will be starting, as I said, August 5th, uh, which will be on a Monday, and I will be having them every Monday after that until that particular class is over. And it will start at 7 promptly and we will be ending at 8 o'clock. So I hope that this will be something that uh, you will email me about and be a part of because I have a lot of great things to share with you. This is my assignment. This is an area that God has used me in for many years on teaching about the end times. And there's so much to know. And truly we are living, truly living in the end times and Jesus is truly on his way back. I cannot say when because I don't know when. The only one that knows is our Father. But please email me, uh, a word from God 3 at AOL.com, and I will send you an invitation so that you can be a part of this great class. Well, as I said, it is really a, a blessing 
and it's really an honor for me to be back on the air with you again. I have missed these times with you. I have missed these times of, of, of sharing the Word of God and teaching the Word of God, but I wanted to get uh, myself before the Lord and be an even better me, getting myself in tune, getting myself uh, where I needed to be in Christ, and I'm so excited. Just coming out of revival, uh, went to uh, Prophet Voss's church, and they had a wonderful revival there. And then uh, this week also, uh, starting last Wednesday night up until today, uh, my church, Day Spring Family Church, where I attend, we had a great convocation where we learned about the glory of God and asking God to show us his glory. So I'm fired up, I'm excited, I'm, I'm raring to go. So before I get into tonight's message, which is called the wake-up call for the church, the wake-up call for the church, because Jesus is on his way back, and we need to be ready and prepared for when he comes. And so before I go into the message tonight, we are going to go into a song called In the Presence of the King. I'm sorry, I'm having a little difficulty here. There we go.
of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, Father, we thank you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Uh, As I said, my assignment for these next few months is that I'm supposed to tell the world, the church, about the coming of the Lord. Meaning that I've got to help get you prepared for Jesus' return. There is so much to do. There are so many people that we've got to reach before the coming of the Lord. But his coming is so quickly that if we're not careful, he will come and boom, we'll be gone. And there will be still many. There are many that will go, but there will still be many that will be left behind. And so it is my assignment tonight to give you a wake-up call and let you know to it's time to wake up, it is time to to uh, to clean up, and it is time to dress up. And we need to be ready for when the Lord Jesus returns. I'm going to ask you tonight to go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 13. That's the book of Romans, chapter 13. Verses 11 through 14. Romans 13, 11 through 14. Now I'm going to read it out of two different ver- ver- versions. And uh, for those of you who uh, have the King James Bible, uh, go ahead and use that particular version because it is still just as great. But I want to share some things with you in these other two uh, versions of the scriptures that bring it more up to date, bring it more into our language and into our time. And um, a, a good a good website, a good site to go to on on um, on the internet that I like is called BibleGateway.com. I I love uh, what they do. They have different parallels, different versions. Uh, of the scripture, and you can get so much out of it during your study time. And uh, so if you're on the computer and you want to go onto Bible Gateway so you can follow me on the scriptures, that will also work work out for you just great. But I'm going to read two versions for you tonight. One is called the Common English, and the other one is called God's Word Translation. Um Romans thirteen eleven verse 14 says, As you do all this, and this is out of the common English, as you do all this, you know what time it is. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your sleep. Now our salvation is nearer than when we first had faith. The night is almost over and the day is near. So let's get rid of the actions that belong to the darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let's behave appropriately as people who live in the day, not in partying and getting drunk, not in sleeping around in obscene behavior, not in fighting and obsession. Instead, dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and don't plan to indulge your selfish desires. And then in um, the God's Word translations, 
verse 11 through 14, Romans 13, it says, You know the time in which we are living. It's time for you to wake up. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first became believers. The night is almost over and the day is near. So we should get rid of the things that belong to the dark and take up the weapons that belong to the light. We should live decently as people who live in the light of day. While parties, drunkenness, sexual immorality, promiscuity, rivalries, and jealousies cannot be a part of our lives. Instead, live like the Lord Jesus Christ did and forget about satisfying the desires of your corrupt nature. It tells us that the night is almost over, meaning our time here on this earth is almost over because we are to live in the day. We are to begin to start walking in what Christ has told us to walk into, and that is in holiness and that is in righteousness, that we are to walk upright before him. What God wants to say tonight in this message is time is drawing near to his return, his appearance. We are to get ready for our redemption draws nigh or near. It is time for us to wake up, get stirred up, shake ourselves to be prepared for battle, not to get prepared, but to prepare or be prepared for battle. We are to be ready at any moment because we don't know when Jesus is going to break through those clouds. We don't know when he's going to return for the church. We don't know when he's going to return for his bride. We, the church, we are the bride of Christ. And it's getting to that point, he's gone off and he's doing some things, preparing for us. So while he's preparing for us, we are preparing for his return to make sure that everything is ready, that our lives is ready, because we do not want that when he comes back, we don't want to be trying to run around to get ready, but we want to already be ready. So to be prepared for the Lord's return, there are three things that we are going to have to do. And the number one thing, first of all, that we have to do is we have got to wake up. We've got to stop living in a world of apathy, meaning you have a lack of emotion or passion. You have no excitement, no interest or concern that others in the church find moving and exciting. Great things are happening right now in the body of Christ. There's a move going on in the body of Christ, and so many people are missing it. The glory of God is is coming down upon his church. He is beginning to show us his glory. He's moving in our lives. He's doing things. He's healing. He's delivering. He's casting out demons and devils. He's doing all kinds of wonderful things. But so many of us are missing it. Why? Because we are asleep. Many in the church are asleep. 
the alarm has gone off, meaning we are hearing the word of God. And what do we do? We smile, we shout, we even praise somewhat. And then we say, well, you know what? That was a good and even an, uh, even a powerful sermon, a powerful net message. But then we just hit the snooze button because we don't want to get up. So what do we do? We yawn in the face of our Creator. We yawn in the face of our Father. We yawn in the face of God, and we roll back over, and we fall asleep again. The church today is helping to rock its people to sleep with an easy gospel, saying it's all good. Enjoy your sleep. When you get up, enjoy yourself and live your life. We're afraid to offend people, but people are dying every day, and they're going to hell because we won't tell them the truth. We won't give them what thus saith the Lord. The way it was done in the old days is the way it's done today. Jesus said, the word of God says that he changes not. His word doesn't change the suit the time we're supposed to change to suit him. We act like we don't want to lose our tithers or those who are our big offering givers. But if you're up in the name of Christ, if you're up in the name of Jesus, God has those prepared that will be a blessing to your ministry. But you still got to get out out there, pastors, and you still got to say what does saith the Lord. Many pastors are leading their church afraid, preaching a safe message. So we just preach prosperity messages about becoming a better you and so on and so on. Now, I'm not saying that prosperity is not good. Prosperity is good. God wants to bless his children. Prosperity is one of the benefits of us being a child of God. And and, and, and for us to uh, become a better us or, or to become stronger and empowered, we need those types of messages. But we've got to keep those messages that keep us on the straight and narrow. When all we're preaching is just messages that are geared around uh, what the people want to hear then something is wrong. We need to begin to teach about witnessing, doing spiritual warfare, casting out of demons. We need to be teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit of God should be prevalent in our churches. They should be, uh, every Sunday there should be a move of God through the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, through prophecy, through gifts of healing and through, through through miracles and through discerning of spirits and all of the different gifts that God has bestowed upon the body of Christ. These are the gifts that are equipping us to make us better witnesses to the world. We cannot witness if we don't know what we're talking about. All of the messages today, it seems like we're teaching people how to seek the hand of God but not the face of God. 
going before God, laying before God. God, how do I do this? How do I walk in this way? God, take this from me. I don't want that. God, I lift myself up to you. God, I want to move when you tell me to move. I want to go when you say go. I want to speak when you say speak. I remember I was at a service one time, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, the people are coming to me only for what they can get, just the benefits, not because of what I did for them. What is happening today is we're teaching the people how to only live here on earth, but earth is not our permanent dwelling place. Earth is not our home. This is not where we're going to spend our eternity because this earth is going to be destroyed. And then uh, it says in Revelation, I see a new heaven and a new earth. And that is the earth we will live on, that we'll go from earth to glory and back from uh, glory to earth. And we'll just be able to just think it and we'll be at one place and think it and we'll be in another place. That's how grand it's going to be. This is what God is preparing us for. It is not for us to stay here. This is not our home. The world value and, and the world values in the world world system is not our system, nor are they our values. It is up to the church of today to be preparing people for the return of Christ teaching them how to live holy, to walk upright before God and before man. Hallelujah. God is saying, wake up. He is calling his church, his children, his warriors, first to repentance. We need to repent. Many of us are walking in things that we should not be doing. In our service on today, we had people that uh, literally had uh, demons and devils cast out, things that were holding them back, that were causing them to do things that they did not want to do. And they were they were casting out, we were casting out those demons and those devil, devils, and people were being released, and people were being uh, 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 delivered, and, and, and people were getting their freedom back, and people were, were just getting excited and being set free in Christ. So first, we have to repent. Next, we have to know that God is calling us to action. He's calling us to battle, to fight, and to win souls for him. He that winneth souls is wise. Hallelujah. It means that we're to go out and we're to recruit. And when you have the military services, they have what they call recruiters those that talk people into signing up and joining one of the branches of the military. I'm sorry, I had to take a little drink here. But we have recruiters, those who uh, uh, talk with people about uh, joining the military, the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, the Marines, the National Guard, the, the Coast Guard, And these are the people that explain everything to you, and then they're the ones that get you signed up and get you motivated and and get you encouraged about going into into the military. That's the same way we are. We're recruiters. We are the ones that tell people about Jesus. 
all of the wonderful things that God can do, how good God is, how much he loves us, how he can set us free from the life that we're in, how he can deliver us, how he can put us in a life that we could never even dream of, how he can bless us, the benefits that that come with being a child of God. And they get motivated, and then we begin to lead them to the Lord, and they in return become a recruiter, and then their people that they recruit become recruiters, and so on and so forth, until we build a mighty army for God. But the problem today is as Christians, we don't want to fight. We don't want to do battle. We just want it to be easy sailing all the way to heaven. Well, I don't really like talking to people. Well, I don't want anybody to laugh at me. Well, I don't know the word that well. Well, I don't know. How do I just walk up to somebody? You just allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and let him speak through you. That's what he's here for, to convict people of their sins, to draw them with loving kindness. Will he draw them to him, he just uses you as a mouthpiece. Sometimes it's just a testimony. Sometimes it's just the life that you are living. Some of us are the only Bible that people are going to read until they accept Jesus for themselves, and then they too will be able to know what the Word of God is saying. So it's not that we are to go sailing easily to heaven with no problems, with no struggles. We've got to fight. Now, as Christians, we don't have to fight by ourselves because the the Lord, our God, he will fight our battles. He will tell you sometimes that you have no need to fight in this battle. All you've got to do is shout now. So, We've got to realize that there are things that are we're required to do. Uh, we're enlisted in this army of God. We are to do battle against the enemy. I just want you to think about the Iraqi war and the Afghani war, the Afghan war, which hopefully to God next year will be over and our soldiers can come home, our airmen, our, our Navy and Marine and Coast Guard uh, uh, military people can come home back with their families. But just think, if our brave young men and women who served this great country had said, no, I don't want to go to war. All I want to do is sleep. I want to travel. I just want to sit here and watch TV. Uh, I want to read a good book. Oh, I want to go to this conference. Oh, you know, I just don't want to do anything. I just want to lay back, kick back, drink some tea, uh, have me some barbecue ribs, give me some potato salad, and that's all I want to do. I don't want to do nothing else. Just think, if these brave men and women did not go to war and all they wanted to do was just stay home and and relax, how would that have affected our freedom over here? All through the United States history, there's always been wars to protect our freedom. And there's always been some brave man, woman, or somebody that has gone to war and so that this country could be free. 
It is because of the actions and the bravery of these brave men and women in the armed forces that we have freedom in this country today. Now, many had to go into unknown territory. I have two son-in-laws who have been over in Afghanistan and have been over in Iraq several times fighting for the freedom of our country. And the one thing that I can say about I come from a military family. I've married into the military. My daughter's married into the military. I, had a, I have a granddaughter in the military. One thing that I can say that military people say when they've got to go, they don't balk, they don't complain, they say, it's my job. It's required that I go. And I'm saying the same thing to you. It's your job. You are required to go and fight against the enemy. Sometimes he's going to send you an unknown territory, place somewhere you've never been. Sometimes he might send you to a place and you're like, oh, God, you want me to go in here and talk to somebody? Oh, God, you want me to go over there to Haiti? Oh, Lord, you want me to go to uh, Indonesia? God, you want me to go somewhere else? See, we like going to the hotels and preaching, and we like going inside somebody's church and preaching, but sometimes God tells us to go other places that we don't know anything about. Sometimes God might tell you to leave your family because people in the military have had to leave their family to go to war. Some have even paid the ultimate sacrifice, which is their life. And that's what God is asking you to do, to give up your life for him, to die to self, to die to self. We're supposed to die daily uh, in the flesh, you know, to ourselves. The Bible says that I must decrease so that Jesus can increase. Hallelujah. And so they do what they have to do, and that is to go and deliver people who are in those countries out of bondage and bring the enemy to justice as they did Saddam Hussein and as they did uh, bin Laden. Uh, They brought them to justice and even brought them to death. So, army of God, you have been drafted. God said, wake up. Get up out of your sleep. Get up out of your slumber. Your mission is to go and fight for the souls and the lives of the unsaved, the sick, and those who need deliverance. And sometimes he's not going to send you to the church. Sometimes he's going to send you out on the street. Sometimes he's going to send you to places where the drug addicts hang out. Sometimes he's going to send you places to where the prostitutes hang out. Sometimes he's going to send you to some places that you are like, God, I just don't know. But are you willing? Are you willing to go? Are you are you going to be in obedience to what the Spirit of God has to say? And then we are to go to cast out the enemy out of the lives of the people. And then we are to teach them to wake up and be ready and be prepared for battle. Just like Uncle Sam says, I need you, I want you, God is saying the same to you. God is saying, I want you for kingdom service, for kingdom business. Number two, we have to clean up. We have to clean up. Verses uh, 12 and 13, there are things we need to take off, 
we need to give up and we need to stop doing. Now, in uh, the King James Version, in verse 13, it says, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and in envying. Hallelujah. Riotous, rioting meaning carousing or going where we should not go, or in another word, wild partying, uh, dealing, uh, 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 being drunk with wine and drunk uh, off of uh, alcohol and, and, and just being high all the time. Uh, these are not things that should be named amongst us as Christians. Uh, it talks about chambering, which is sexual immorality. We have allowed so much sexual immorality to take over our lives through what we watch on TV, through the uh, through porn. So many people, even Christians, are looking at porn, saying, well, it will help our marriage. No, it won't because it brings a spirit into your marriage that you don't want there. It can bring in a spirit of adultery. You want to be very careful about what you allow to come into your home, into your marriage. Uh, it talks about wantonness, which means without shame, without shame. People aren't ashamed anymore about anything. Uh, we dress a certain way, and we're not ashamed by how we dress as women. We're not ashamed by how we dress as men. Uh, we're not ashamed by the life that we live. We're not ashamed uh, to be shacking up with someone we're not married to. We're not ashamed uh, of our homosexual lifestyle. We're not ashamed of the adultery or the fornication that we're committing. We're not ashamed of, of, of being in witchcraft or idolatry. We're not ashamed of those things. Actually, we uh, uh, get up and we announce it, and people applaud you for your wrongdoing, and it makes you think that you're okay, but the Word of God says you're not okay. Jeremiah 6 and 15 says, Are they ashamed when they do disgusting things? This is found in God's Word translation. Jeremiah six fifteen. Are they ashamed when they do disgusting things? No, they're not ashamed. They don't even know how to blush. So they will die with those who die, and they will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. God is not playing. These are the last days, and the devil is unleashing a, 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 a big thing of sin out here in the world. I can't think of a word for it, but uh, the devil is just unleashing all of the ugliness, all of the sin, all of the 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 the, the the stinky, smelly stuff that you can possibly do that is stench to God's nostrils. We're not ashamed when a when a when a ball player can can stand up and say that I am a Christian and be belittled because he's talking about his Christianity, and another athlete stands up and says. I am gay, and he's applauded for that. There is something wrong in this world. 
when sin is applauded and God is booed and hissed at and made fun of and laughed at and yawned at and we roll back over and we go to sleep because we think that God is a myth. That he's a that he's something to joke about, or we use his name in vain. We don't look at God the way we used to, because the church does not proclaim God the way that they used to. Uh, the next word was strife, meaning bitter conflict, discord, a desire for power, and then envying, wanting more, wanting what someone else. Has these things are not a part of our lives as saints of God. This is not who we are supposed to be. This is not the picture that people should see when they see you as a child of God. Galatians five nineteen and twenty one says, "Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these: adultery, fornication." uncleanness, morally impure, evil, vile, lasciviousness, lustful, lewd, wanton behavior, idolatry. People are serving more idols. So many of our young girls want to be like Kim Kardashian. And, oh, God, what a waste, what a waste, what a waste. When we have great women of God that our young women should be uh, wanting to be like. We have great pastors' wives. We have a great first lady of this country. There are women out here that our young women should be wanting to be like, should be pattering, pattering their life after. Our young men should be pattering their life after, but we're seeming to want to pattern our life after people that are going in the wrong direction. Uh, then it talks about witchcraft and hatred, variance, emulation, uh, wrath, strife, seditions, um, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, and reveling, which again is wild parties, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But I want to read that same scripture to you out of Galatians, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Galatians 5, 19, 21. And I want to read it out of the Message Bible. It says so much. And starting at verse 19, it says, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, Cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, trinket gods. People are, they're not serving God, not wanting to be a part of the real God, but they got little trinkets that they worship, little things that mean so much more to them than what God does. Magic show religion. Ooh, help us, God. Paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, 
small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habits of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I have warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are not things that should be named next to you. Susie, whore, that is not supposed to be named next to you. That is not what's supposed to be said, John, the drunk. That is not what is supposed to be said about you. Terry, the drug addict, that is not what's supposed to be after your name. But the na- but, but, but the godly things should be named after you. Susie, woman of God, mighty in prayer, uh, anointed. John, man of valor, uh, a leader of men, uh, a great teacher and preacher of the gospel. Terry, anointed singer, one that can 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 lead you into praise and worship, just lead you so into it that the anointing just falls all over the house of God. This is how people should know you, not as someone that is living a life of sin. These things we need to pull off. And then number tr- number three, as we pull off these things, Number three says, it is time to dress. And that is found in verse 12 and 14. It says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. And 14 says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Well, how, uh, Evangelist Hagler, do I put on Jesus Christ? Galatians five twenty-two and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such There is no law. This is what makes us Christians and what makes us Christ-like. Dressing ourselves in the righteousness of Christ, it lets the world know who we are and whose we are. We are different. There is something about us that uh, other people should stop and say, you know, you're different. There's a glow about you. There's something about you. I don't know what it is, but you you always seem so peaceful. You always seem so relaxed. I always hear you talking about God. The world should look at you and know that you are different, that we are special to God. Exodus chapter 33, it talks about Moses and God's relationship and how um, God spoke to Moses face-to-face like a man talks to a friend. To have that kind of relationship with God, 
like you're just sitting down talking to your girlfriend, like you're sitting down talking to your guy friend, like you're sitting down talking to your husband or your wife, like you're sitting down talking to your child. You have that kind of relationship, a face-to-face relationship with God. And it says that God would come to the tent of Moses and that he, that the glory of God would just, his presence would just be there uh, uh, surrounding the tent. And then when Moses would come out, how he would be glowing and his face would be shining. And so I'm asking you, are you shining? Are you, is your relationship with God, are you dressed in, in God's glory? Are you dressed uh, uh, in, in the things of God that, that would show the world that you're different, that when they look at you, they don't see you like they see themselves or like they see other people, but they see you as something or someone different. Putting on Jesus also means that he becomes our Savior. He becomes our Deliverer. It also means that when He when we put on Jesus, that he becomes our master, meaning he gives us direction and guidance. He tells us what and what not to do. The very name of Jesus means Jehovah saves. We are to wear Jesus like a suit of armor. Ephesians 6 and 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then verse 14 in this chapter says, do not make provisions. Do not make provisions for the flesh. Once you have been delivered, don't go back and do the same thing again. Galatians tells us not to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. But if you do, repent and ask God for help to turn your life back to him. If you were caught up in adultery or fornication, flee that person that you've been with. I mean, get away from them as soon as possible and leave that life alone. If you were into porn, block all porno sites. Don't don't allow yourself to get involved in those porno sites. Get the Playboy channel and whatever other porn uh, uh, cable channels might be on your TV. Get them taken off, and it will help save you on your, your cable bill. Um, uh, if, if it has to do with alcohol or wine or whatever it might be, uh, and, and, and you've become a slave to that thing, then you need to pour all of that alcohol, all that wine into your toilet and flush it down and get rid of those bottles and never, never, ever, ever again uh, allow yourself to touch the liquor bottle again. I don't care what it might be uh, that that's hindering you, that you would try to uh, allow that thing, make provision for that flesh. You get rid of those things that would make provision for the flesh so that your flesh can die daily. Your flesh needs to die. It needs to die. It needs to fall up under uh, uh, the spirit of God, and it needs to continue. Like I said, it needs to decrease so that the spirit man in you can increase and you can follow God like you're supposed to. And then it says um, that we will, uh, I'm sorry, that we will give our lives, well, we should turn our lives over totally 
to God. Our lives should be totally in God's hands. We are following his direction. We are following his guidance because as we are walking in what God is telling us to do, if we keep our our eyes upon him, uh, but the scripture says that if we keep our eyes on him, uh, that he will give us the help that we need. So if we're keeping our eyes on Christ and we're beginning to walk towards those things, that destiny and that purpose that God has said that we are to have way back even before we were born, God walked us through to where we were supposed to be. Then we were born, and then now it is our turn to walk that road that God said we were to walk down to reach that destiny that God said we are to reach. So we've learned to wake up, church. We've learned to wake up and to prepare for battle. We learned to clean up by taking off what is not Christ-like in our lives. And then number three, we've learned that we're to dress up. And this is why we wake up, clean up, and dress up. Revelations 21 and 2 says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This New Jerusalem is the church, which is us. We are known as the bride of Christ. We will be in our new glorified bodies. We will have been prepared to be in perfect communion with our Lord and Savior, our Redeemer, our King, our Savior, our Groom, our Bridegroom. We will be known as the triumphant church. We will forever be with God. We will, ever for, we will forever be with God in his presence, I'm sorry, for an eternity. No more interruptions, nothing hindering or holding us back. All our troubles and struggles will be over. No more reminders of things past. The Bible says that he will wipe all tears from our eyes. Things will be different. We won't remember our old life that we had here because all things will be new for us. And then Revelation chapter 16:15 says, "Keep watch. I come unannounced like a thief. You're blessed if awake and dressed. You're ready for me. But too bad if you're found running through the streets naked and ashamed." Don't be like the five foolish virgins who were not ready. The five, there were ten, five were ready. And when the bridegroom came and they heard the shout, they heard the call, come up hither, boom, they were gone, just like that. But the five unwise or the five Foolish virgins were running around. Do you have oil? Oh, I need this. I need that. Help me because the bridegroom is here. But while you're running around trying to get everything that you need, trying to prepare yourself, then it is too late because the bridegroom has come and he is gone just like that. And you're not going to have time 
to get yourself ready. It is now. Now is the time to get ready, to be prepared for the coming battle that you must go to and go through to win other people to Christ. You must clean up your life now, right now. Get it clean. Get everything out of the way. Repent of your sins. Do what you got to do to get closer to God. And then you've got to dress yourself. You've got to be dressed up in Christ. Like wear him like an armor, putting on the full armor of God, uh, being pure and holy before him, walking upright before him, looking like him, talking like him, being just like the Father. And so before I uh, uh, go into prayer and and lead some, some of you to Christ, we are going to have another song.
Praise God, praise God, praise God. Word of God, speak. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you right now. We're asking you, Father God, to meet the needs of each and every one that was listening to this broadcast tonight or those that are going to listen in the future, that you will meet them, O God, right where they are. And, Father, I know that there are some out there tonight that are looking, Father God, to meet you in a different and a new way. And I'm asking you, Father God, that you will meet them right where they are. And I'm asking you, Father God, to save them, to sanctify them, and to fill them with your precious Holy Ghost. And, Lord God, we give you all glory and honor and praise. We thank you for your word. Wake us up, Lord. Don't allow, Father God, your son to come, and we're not ready, and we can't go back with him. But, Lord God, let us always look towards his appearing, look for his coming, look for his return. And, Father God, let us walk as if he's going to come any minute now. Let us keep ourselves prepared and ready and dressed for battle. Help us, Father God, to stay alert that we will become the people that you are calling us in this land. Hallelujah. Scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then it says in Romans 10.9 and 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confess is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. And in Revelations 3 and 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and meet with him, meaning to fellowship and have relationship to dwell in. Jesus Christ came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He came so that you would not have to die for your own sins. He came and died for you. He was put on a cross. Crowns of thorns were put on his head. Nails were put in his hands and his feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then they took the cross, and they just dropped it into the ground, and every bone in Jesus' body came out of joy. But before they put him on the cross, they beat him, and they beat him, and they beat him, and his back opened up, and you could see all the, the, the insides of what was in Jesus. But not one time did he mumble. Not one time did he complain. Not one time did he say, you know, I'm 
not doing this for me. He, 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 in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he said, if this cup could pass from me. But then he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And it was at that time that Jesus Christ and God were separated for the first time because the sins of the world were all over Jesus. Your sins, my sins, our sicknesses, our diseases. And God had to turn his back on his only son, only begotten son, because he could not stand that, that sin, that stench. But Jesus died on the cross for us. He died. But then he got up. And he said that he had all power in heaven and in earth in his hands. And so that Jesus is alive and well today. He's strong. He's powerful. He's mighty. And he's coming back for you. I had read in the scripture earlier where it had said that uh, he goes to prepare a place for us that where he is, we may be also. See, Jesus doesn't want to just leave us here. You know, he came and did what he did, and then he left. He did send the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, our leader, our paraclete, our guide, everything, our comforter, everything that we might need. He sent the Holy Spirit here for that. But Jesus loves us so that he wants to take us where he is. And the same way that he left in the book of Acts is that they saw him go up into the clouds. That's the same way that Jesus is going to come back. He's going to come back in the clouds. And he's coming back for his church. And if you're ready, you can go with him. If you're not ready, you're going to go through the seven years of great tribulation. And why suffer on top of suffering, on top of suffering, when you can go to heaven and live forever with Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus right now and the pardon of your sins, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And even if you're in a backslidden condition and you're trying to get yourself ready, you're trying to get yourself to where you belong in Christ, then I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Pray it from your heart. Just repeat after me what I say. And if you mean it with your heart, God will honor that prayer and you will be saved. So let us pray. Dear God, I confess that I am a sinner and I am sorry I need a Savior. I know I cannot save myself. I believe by faith that Jesus, your Son, died on the cross to be my Savior. I believe he rose from the grave to live as my Lord, and I turned from my sins. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive my sins and come into my heart. I trust you as my Savior and receive you as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
you can rejoice now. You can thank God now. Uh, you can just tell everybody you know that now you are saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me be the first to say welcome. Welcome to the other side. Welcome to to, to, to Jesus. And welcome to the Heavenly Father. Welcome to the Holy Spirit. Your life is going to change in so many great ways. You will face some things, but you won't face them alone because you'll have a family. You'll have a church family, and you'll also have 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 uh, have Jesus Christ, have the Holy Spirit there leading you and guiding you. And if you need any information about church homes, if you need any information about books to read, Bibles, email me. My address is my email address is a word from God three. A word from God three at AOL dot com. If you need me to pray with you, uh email me. And uh, I will get with you And we can pray together If you uh, want to know Where to start reading in the Bible Email me I will help you out as much as I possibly can And what I can't do I can turn you on to someone else In your area That can be a blessing And take you further Into the things of God Hallelujah So welcome brother and sister Into the family of God Hallelujah We give you glory and honor, Lord. We thank you for those who have given their lives to Christ tonight. Hallelujah. Well, I believe that I have done my assignment. I believe that I've done tonight, just tonight, what the Spirit of God has told me to do. Once again, I do want to tell you about um, August 5th, starting August 5th, about the End Time Webinar. And I will be teaching on the end times, from the rapture all the way to the new heaven and the new earth. And I would like for you to be a part of that. And if you want to be in on this class, on these classes, Email me at a word from God three at aol dot com, and in doing that, uh, leave me your email address, and then I will email the information to you that you need to be a part of this class. Well, looking forward to seeing you or speaking to you again on next Sunday night. I have a special guest coming. Um, I have uh, Prophet Law from Word of Life Church in Charleston, Texas, and Prophetess Barbara Calloway will be my special guest on next week. I pray that you will tune in. I pray that you will be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to A Word from God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio host and evangelist, Rebecca Collier Hagler. Saying thank you for joining us. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for Him. See you next week. God bless you and good night.
Let's do it. 